Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me is the guy that always knows how to get me fired up right before we start our podcast, also known as Matthew McLaughlin. Hey, Jeremy, calm down. (laughs) So... We're going to talk about something that shouldn't be controversial at all today, and we we have our good friend Pastor Mac with us to help us in this discussion. We're going to talk about biographies in general, but knowing Mac, we're probably going to be talking about Christian biographies especially. We asked Mac to come on because I know he likes biographies, I do too. I don't know about Matthew. They have their place. Okay. <laughs> The history major likes biographies. Okay. Mac, your most downloaded sermon, or most listened to sermon on Sermon Audio is your biographical sermon about Abraham Kuyper. Oh, oh yeah. I think I, I did notice that. Yeah. So, it's because nobody else has done one. <laughs> could and be. And so if you're looking for his name, that's what comes up. So. <laughs> but, I mean, that shows at least someone else in the world is interested in biography. Other than us three. So we're going to take a little time to talk about uh, biographies today and see what wisdom we can gain from that general discussion. So, Okay. So let's start with the first question. So, Mac, what does the Bible say about biographies? Well, I think biography is, is biographies are inherent in the fact that much of the Bible is a book of history, for sure, and you have individuals. I mean, one thing I was thinking of when I was thinking about that question is my mind went to Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, obviously, is God's work, but it's God's work through people. I think, too, of that uh, Psalm, Psalm 110 Jesus Christ, our Lord, will reign until all his enemies are placed under his feet. Those are people. And so, and so you've got, I mean, you, you, if you're going to understand the Bible and the story of, of, of covenants and the story of kingdom and the work that he's doing, you're going to have to look at the individuals who have been affected by that and who have been a changed, whose lives have been changed by that and who continue then to preach that same message, that same that same gospel themselves. So um, so biography just seems to be inherent. I mean, you can't think about the ministry of Jesus without also thinking about Peter and, I mean, the disciples at large and, and, and the women uh, who followed. I mean, they're just, there's just people all over the place that you, if you're going to understand the, the Bible, you're going to you're gonna have to spend some time reading about people. Jeremy, what do you have to add? Well, I there's a couple passages in Hebrews that I basically like to read and not comment much on that talk about specifically learning from other people and imitating their faith. And one of the reasons why I wanted to ask this question especially was because I've heard before that we just follow Jesus and to read about other people and imitate their faith or is just following after man as if we're not supposed to do that. And 
so I, I do think it's important to lay a biblical foundation for this. But Hebrews has quite a few things to say. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, actually uh, starting at verse 11, uh, the writer says, We desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then later in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, names name after name of heroes of the faith, people who lived by faith and showed by their example how to live by faith. And then in the first two verses of chapter 12, right after that Hall of Faith chapter, the Bible says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, who is the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and the seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That passage makes it obvious that Jesus is the first and foremost one, but there's others who have lived by faith who are examples too. And then the final one is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. It says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. That one, I think, is especially important because it, it shows you that as far as imitating human beings, there's limits because you have to consider the outcome of their faith. Now, I think the writer of Hebrews is thinking you're going to see positive things and follow those positive things, but I don't think it's a stretch to say you're also going to see negative things, Right. what to avoid. And there's other places like 1 Corinthians talks about the examples of the Jews where they sinned against God, these were recorded so that we won't follow their example. So you can you can have positively the Bible tells us to imitate the faith of those who are whose faith is worthy of imitation, but also avoid the sins of people who have sinned before you. Learn learn those lessons. I think the Bible plainly teaches us that. Yes, Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is the preeminent one. We follow him and all the virtues we see in any of his followers that we're supposed to follow ultimately come from him. But God's given us human examples of living out the faith. And we shouldn't just say, well, that's just following man. I add one more verse to that. Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 17, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. He says in Ephesians 5, to imitate, we're supposed to imitate Christ as dear children. So there's clearly just a, from a theological perspective, there's this idea that we're supposed to pay. You can't imitate something you don't watch. So yes, we watch Jesus, but we also watch other people who have watched Jesus so we understand how to deal with the things that we're dealing with. Right. In Jesus, there's no having to discern in him, is this good or bad? Right. Where everyone else, we have to say, well, is that good or bad? Or should we really follow that? So, now that we've we've laid some biblical foundation, let's broadly think about biographies for a few minutes. So, first off, 
What are some of the lessons that you've learned from biographies, Mac? Well, when I think about that, one of the first ones that comes to my mind is, is Augustine, his confessions. I remember reading that that was really, when he wrote the book, his confessions, that was the first time in history anyone had been that personal. And so, um, I mean, the need to be specific about confessing sin. I mean, uh, Augustine is probably one of the one of the most uh, premier people who can get, tell you, besides the Bible, of course, that that's an important thing to do. I think about people who stood firm in times of big challenge. Think about Charles Spurgeon and the downgrade controversy that he was so involved in and just seemed to have very few people standing with him. But he pressed on, you know, the, the, the idea that the need to be firm, even when so many of the people around seem to be going the other direction. Uh, J. Gresham Machen is another example when uh, liberalism was becoming so prevalent in the Presbyterian denomination. He wrote a very important book about liberalism. And again, uh, basically it was, was, was forced, was uh, defrocked as far as his ordination was forced out of the denomination but again he stood firm and a lot of things he wrote today or he wrote are still as, as applicable today as they were that time so i think a lot of the times when i think of some of these people who really went through really difficult times it reminds us and it's kind of an encouragement for us to stand firm as well uh to be strong and courageous going forward i mean people have had to do that for centuries and so I think that that's one of those, those are a few of the things that come to mind. I know that John Bunyan's life, I've not read a biography per se, but Pilgrim's Progress is kind of autobiographical. Yeah, I think so too. For him. But I've read some of the things he's wrote. I've one quote that stands out in my mind in particular is he'd rather the moss grow on his eyebrows than to compromise his convictions at all. I mean, the suffering that he went through, he was in prison for all those years, had a away from his children for 10 years. It's encouraging to know someone stood firm in their faith, even through a trial like that. And I mean, there's others as well that, that have suffered like that, um, that have been encouraging to me the magazine Voice of Martyrs, the Christians that they talk about in Voice of Martyrs, it's not really a biography, but they tell their story. And we don't even know their names sometimes because their names have to be hidden because they're in countries where they could be killed for their faith. That was always a huge, huge challenge for me and my faith. And then I think of guys like William Carey, it's just so inspirational what they did. I mean, they were pioneers. So it, normally when I read a biography, I am very encouraged by what I read. I'm going to piggyback on something you said there. One of the things I've recognized too, and you mentioned you kind of alluded to this earlier, whenever we think about Jesus, we don't have to figure out that this was a good thing or a bad thing. When you read about other people, there are things to question that you wonder. I mean, I have a great respect for William Carey. 
always got this thing that there's such an awkwardness on how, why he took his wife and forced her into that kind of situation that basically led to her going crazy and her death. You know, he can easily be second-guessed about those choices. <laughs> Another guy I've read about who I greatly admire, who uh, doesn't nearly fit in Christ- Christian perspective, even though he was a, was a Christian, Jackie Robinson, who's probably one of the heroes of my life, and uh, ever since I was in junior high and first learned about what he had done, as I got older, I began to realize and began to hear that he was a Christian. I believe he was. I've read a number of things about him. Um, I believe he was a Christian. But I also read uh, Boys of the Summer recently, which has, which uh, focuses on the Brooklyn Dodgers of uh, the time when uh, Jackie Robinson was part of the part of that team. And the quotes that were there from him, there was some really bad language. I was really disappointed. I mean, that apparently he talked like that. I mean, I guess that's how ballplayers talk in general. But the fact that he could use some of the words that he used, I just, I mean, I still have a great respect for him. But it makes you realize these people had major issues, had major, had big problems as well. I mean, they weren't, they didn't just sell through and do everything right. So part of it is learning from their mistakes and say, well, I think what they did was right, but that was not good. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's I guess it's good to see that our heroes have flaws. Yeah. Because the danger is putting them on too high of a pedestal. In one sense, it's good to see those vices. Yeah, it is. Those are some of the lessons. But we can say this, that wisdom requires life experience. So how do biographies help you gain life experience? I think it's some of the same thing. I mean, I would kind of tie it into lessons learned is kind of tied in because a lot of them went through things that might be similar to what we go through, but they're not going to be exactly the same. I read one fairly recently within the last couple of years. I read a, uh, it was really more of a youth biography, uh, which is something to say. There's all kinds of levels of biographies. Right. I mean, there's the, you know, some that are harder to get through just because, you know, they're, they're the, been been written for years ago then there's others that are kind of redone for a younger audience and i use some of those sometimes too mm-hmm. some of them are done in like a historical fiction kind of things uh, douglas bond has done a lot of good things on that ga henty john it was it was on john wycliffe and it was especially talking about what he did during the black plague and the things that he did uh before he got famous you know and helping people where most of the people in this seminary, the school where he was attending, all left. He's one who stayed to to help people who were dying uh, from the Black Plague. And just seeing things like that, I mean, I haven't experienced that. I mean, we have a pandemic here, which is nothing at all like he had to deal with. But it really kind of helped me to have some understanding of, of an experience of something like that that I've experienced to a to maybe one hundredth of a degree that he did, but um, that's that's one example. I think that's a good example because the pandemic that we're having, none of us have ever experienced anything like yeah. that. Whether this small degree or to the large degree that Wycliffe did, and I know when when all of this first started happening, a lot of the blogs and things that I read. We're looking back at historical examples 
like Wycliffe and Luther and how, how they handled the situation to give wisdom for handling this now. Yeah. And even though it's not exactly the same, there's an analogy between the two. There yeah, are diseases and there's dangers involved in ministering. And, and so that, I think, is an excellent example of how history in general and biographies specifically may help you to work through things that you've never experienced before yeah. and give you added wisdom. That's really good. Yeah, I think just reading biographies just gives you experience. It shows you wisdom because it shows how people think. It shows how they process. And then you can put yourself in the same place and figure out if you would come to the same conclusion. And then you get the end of the story uh, most of the times. So you find out whether their conclusions were right or wrong, and it helps you work through your processing right. ability. So I think that is a way in which biographies help you with life experience. But another thing we, to talk about is how do biographies discourage or overcome what we would call chronological snobbery? That is, the, it's the temptation to think about the present with superiority, that we have more knowledge, we have a better morality, therefore, why do we need to read, read about the past? Or as you read when you talk about people think about history, they're dead, they're gone, they're buried, let's move on. Why is that bad? <laughs> so how do biographies help us overcome that thinking? I think the thing I deal with is probably the opposite. My snobbery is in other direction. I don't, expect, <laughs> I don't expect to learn as much from people in the present as I do from people that were in the past. And, um, and I have to kind of deal with it the other way around yeah. to realize there's people in the present who have some things to, uh, to, uh, to offer as well. <laughs> but I, I mean, I really, I really, I honestly do have a much greater admiration for people that I've read about and heard I and mean, read about what they went through and what they stood for. And, but again, it kind of goes back to what I was thinking about at the beginning about God has a work he's doing in building his kingdom. And every one of these people in centuries past are a part of that work. We can see progression. Uh, we can see degression sometimes. But, but, we can, but we can see progression. And I, th and I think if we don't consider what people in the past stood for and how they stood for it, we're not going to be ready to stand for the things that we have to deal with in our particular time in history. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think we can learn you know, it's a couple of things I would say there. I think it's right that we, there is in a sense progress, but one of the things that's always helpful for me is that reading about people back in the past kind of removes me from the present situation hmm. and helps me to look at it with new eyes. And it also helps me to see that people ha people haven't changed. I mean, there's new situations. I mean, when Charles Spurgeon was dealing with the downgrade controversy, he wasn't dealing with social media. But he's, I mean, he was skewered in the papers and and things like that. And so the media at the time <laughs> was skewering him. But it wasn't it wasn't the same as today. The other tendencies. Yes, we tend to think we're better than people in the past, but we also think we're worse in some ways. And my son and I just had this conversation because he, we were talking about how parents don't understand what it's like to be teenagers. And one of the things he said was, 
that you've, you've never been a teenager at this time. And I said, yeah, that is true. However, people haven't changed. I mean, there's, it's, it's different situations or different circumstances, but people are the same. So there's just you just have different struggles than maybe I did, but it's it's not that different <laughs> that you can't see some similarities. One of my favorite biographies recently was the the story of the Wright brothers. And in that book there was a paragraph where people during that time bicycles were a relatively new hobby and bicycling was a big deal. There were people at that time that were very, very concerned about the moral dangers of bicycling. Because up until that point, kids basically had to stay close to home. They couldn't go out and about. But this, with a bicycle, they could drive 15, 30, an hour away from their home, and nobody knows what they're doing. So there was very big moral concern with these bicycles. Now, we laugh at that, but we do the same thing. When there's a new media like Facebook, and how many times do I have to see on social media, watch out for these dangerous apps for your kids? <laughs> I'm like, you guys are doing the exact same thing that the bicycle people, warriors and fretters did back then. And I'm not saying there's no danger whatsoever. It helps me reading that to put things in perspective and maybe calm down a little bit. <laughs> about things that I think are the end of civilization. So I'll add two pieces. One's a secular thought and one's a scriptural thought. So the scriptural thought is there's a reason why the writer of Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. So the details might change, but the situation remains the same. The historical thought is this. Those who don't learn the lessons of histories are, are doomed to repeat it. And the reality is, is that when we think we've got it all figured out and we couldn't possibly do what they did, and we let our minds go to this chronological snobbery, we will quickly find ourselves in places we never thought we were going to get to, and we get there because we didn't understand what was actually going on. So I think both of those are thoughts we can, we should consider that feed into how we fight this chronological snobbery. So now that we've talked about biographies broadly, Let's talk about books in particular. So, what are some of your favorite biographies? And at least give a couple secular and a couple Christian biographies. So, what are, what are good biographies that you have enjoyed? One of the things that I think that you have to admit about biographies depends on which one you read. Some of them can be very boring. <laughs> I mean, they really, unfortunately, yeah. they are. It just kind of depends on, you know, the writer and so forth. Uh, so there are some that it's taken me longer to get through than others. Uh, but others, the story is, you know, gripping and their situation. I think one of the ones when I, one of the first ones I think of when I think of um, one that really, I really enjoy was the one by on, on Lady Jane Grey. Uh, I think Faith Cook might be who wrote it. And just a, to me, that was just a gripping story. Uh, she died when he was, she was 16 years old, but she had such a heart for God, but she was continually placed in circumstances that were impossible. There was no way she was going to live beyond 16 years old, and it was all because of her circumstances. I mean, I was, 
greatly moved by by that biography, and it was it was well written, and so that's one I think of. There's a couple that I uh, think of related to if I think of more secular. I've read a number of biographies related to uh, our our own nation's history. One I read on Patrick Henry was really good. Appreciated that one a lot. <clears throat> Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee. I mean, a couple of those I've read that were really challenging. Uh, the one on Robert E. Lee actually was what was a G.A. Henty uh, book, uh, which was uh, really that was a a really good one too. And I've already mentioned Jackie Robinson. Those are some of the. Another one I read that was pretty interesting was David Crockett. I've always been fascinated by him, and I found a biography of his a number of years ago. One of the disappointments is when you look at people like that, you really hope they're Christian, but I don't see really any evidence that he was. I'll mention one other cat, one other category, and that is for Baptist. And so I have a lot of interest in, you know, Baptist biographies. We've already mentioned William Carey. And, uh, but then I think of um, people specifically related to our area. I think of Isaac Backus, who was a very, uh, very, uh, Important Baptist at the uh, the time when our nation uh, war for independence just before that and so forth. God used him in remarkable ways. That that was a really good biography. I enjoyed reading that one. Samuel Pierce, who was a uh, contemporary of William Carey and Andrew Fuller and so forth. I mean that biography is just remarkable for the uh, the heart that he had for God, which is very similar to the Journal of David Brainerd, which is another remarkable biography. Anyway, I'll. Stop with those for now. <laughs> Jeremy, what are some of your favorite biographies? Well, Mac said a lot of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There's a biography on Stonewall Jackson called Rebel Yell. Um, I really appreciated that one. The one about the Wright brothers. Uh, it was, I did not think when I picked that book up, it was the, uh, the one by David McAuliffe. I did not think when I picked that book up that it was going to be that good, but it really, it really ended up being one of my favorite biographies that I read. I just finished because it just came out. R.C. Sproul's A Life. R.C. Sproul has been one of the most influential teachers on my life, so I was really excited to get this book and read it. And we'll actually probably have a podcast just talking about that. I really appreciated R.C. Sproul. I've read several biographies about presidents. My favorite ones were, uh, I read one on uh, Dwight Eisenhower and George H.W. Bush. Uh, they were they were really good. Uh, you learn you learn more about what kind of person they were when you read that. You learn some of their ideas as well. The, the thing you have to watch out for, of course with any biography is usually the person writing biography really likes this person. So <laughs> sometimes they're overly positive about people. And I mean, not that you need to be negative about those guys, but the, the other one as far as Christian is, uh, uh, meet the Puritans by Joel Beakey. And I can't remember his co-author's name. That's page after page of biographical sketches of the Puritans that's really where I read about John Bunyan, Matthew Henry, his father, Philip Henry, John Owen. Um, it's good information, but I don't know if you you guys have read that book, but it's not really 
written like from an engaging perspective. It's it's more academic yeah. uh, than anything, but I mean it's still good and it's yeah. still encouraging. It's it's just not the kind of you know you're not going to give that probably to your kid and say here's a really interesting biography. Yeah. But they're still good. Um, so those those are some of my favorites. I've appreciated. John Piper has put out a book that's called the Swan Series. They Crossway put it all into one volume called 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy. That's a really good, just an entry-level sketch of 21 different Christians. That was a good book. Anything, you guys already mentioned it, but anything David McCullough writes, you should just read. Mm-hmm. He's got, I mean, he's got one on, like, Wright Brothers. He's written about, historically, the Johnstown Flood. He wrote about Truman. So the, he wrote a book on 1776. So anything McCullough writes is just good just as a general practice (laughs) those you know those the more famous ones you to the golden shore those that one those dalimore's biography on spurgeon you also can get spurgeon's actual autobiography which is really good george marsden's biography on jonathan edwards is amazing so those are just some but i would also say if you're interested in looking at biographies for kids we talked about that earlier Simonetta Carr has done a series of biographies on that are just amazing. They're, I mean, they're Again, well from done. Reformation Heritage. Right, they're given from Reformation Heritage. They're, they're well done. They tell the story. They have pictures. They're just very good books to be an entry level. Just broadly speaking, you can go to Banner of Truth. Banner of Truth does lots of biographies just as a plug for that. Anything Ian Murray writes, he's written a series of biographies. Just read Ian Murray. <laughs> His biographies are really, really good. Reformation Heritage also has other series, uh, like Missionary Series. Uh, The Trailblazer Trailblazer series is one, and I just saw there's one about Francis and Edith Schaefer. Uh, I don't know if it's new or not, but they're they're really easy to read. And like Max said, I've read some of these, and even as an adult, I've appreciated them. Right. So any last thoughts anyone has about biographies? Read more books. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. One thing that I was thinking, and this, again, ties into the idea of, deals with the chronological snobbery as well as the idea of, of, of God having a work that he's doing through history and he's using people. And it also ties into specifically with our denomination. One of the biographies I read was on, it was uh, John Broadish wrote it, and it was about James Boyce who was uh, just a, a key person in the founding of the Southern Baptist Convention and the Southern Baptist Seminary in particular. He and Basil Manley, others were, and along with Broadus, were all in those, some of those early leaders and uh, involved in the seminary work and so forth. Basil Manley especially was instrumental in writing what is called the Abstract of Principles, uh, which was a summary of uh, basic doctrinal beliefs that the Southern Seminary adopted, you know, that all of their seminary professors had to go by and has been passed down and uh, uh, other seminaries have adopted it over the years. One thing that I recognized when I was doing, when I was reading through the biography on James Boyce, and then at the same time, I was reading things about what had happened in our lifetime with Seven Seminary and Al Moeller and Boys College and so forth. And just the connection 
over from, from generation to generation. When our seminary, seminaries, but I'm specifically thinking about Southern Seminary at this point, were just had just become so, I would say, sinfully liberal uh, in the way that they in the way that they um, just denied the faith in so many ways. I mean, it, it was just an awful uh, scenario. It's one of the reasons I didn't go to seminary right out of college because I didn't want to get to that's I didn't want to go through all those things. When Moeller came in in the early 1990s and began to change things around, he used Boyce. I mean, all what he was doing was standing on the shoulders of James Boyce and Basil Manley and John Broadus. And he was going back to them in order to make applications into the present. And uh, as he did that, and, and, and his uh, inaugural uh, speech, he said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. This is what has how the seminary started. This is where we are, and we're still we're going back to that. And he kind of laid down the line. Uh, that's an amazing message to read if you haven't read that before. Um, but just to see that, and then when my daughter graduated from Boys College, and I was able to sit in on the uh, the commencement, uh, you know, for her graduation, and just think about what a night and day difference it was from the liberal Baptist college that I went to and graduated from in 1976. And then just a couple years ago, she graduates there, and I just all I could do is just sit there and cry because I could just see the change. And it ended up going back, at least in part, to Boyce and Manley and Broadus, but it's a change that affected my family and my daughter and our whole denomination so I just think it's interesting, and, 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 and biographies really help you see those kind of connections over the centuries and over the generations uh, to help to see, you know, your, my kingdom come, you know, and seeing the prayer answered through people. So. so our encouragement to you is read biographies. Read wide-ranging biographies. Just spend time reading, as we've said before, Spend time with dead guys because and then and ladies and ladies because it will encourage you to see God's providence in their lives and you'll be more likely to see God's providence in your own life. And there's just so many benefits you can have from reading biographies. But for now, we thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to your questions, your comments, and even that dreaded hate mail at ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like and subscribe to Ordinary Fellowship on whatever podcast listening service you use. But for now, we thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship where we strive to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living. <music>